to have you, James, in the choir. Choir sounds much better with <laughs> your presence. <laughs> Let us hear the word. It's taken from Matthew 25, 31 to 46. When the Son of Man comes in his glory and all the angels with him, then he will sit on the throne of his glory. All the nations will be gathered before him, and he will separate people one from another, as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. And he will put the sheep at his right hand and the goats at the left. Then the king will say to those at his right hand, Come, you that are blessed by my father, inherit the kingdom, prepare for you from the foundation of the world. For I was hungry, and you gave me food. I, I was thirsty, and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger, and you welcomed me. I was naked, and you gave me clothing. I was sick, and you took care of me. I was in prison, and you visited me. Then the righteous will answer him, Lord, when was it that we saw you hungry and gave you food, or thirsty and gave you something to drink? And when was it that we saw you a stranger and welcomed you? Or naked and gave you clothing? And when was it that we saw you sick or in prison and visited you? And the king will answer them, Truly I tell you, just as you did it to one of the least of these, who are members of my family, you did it to me. Then he will say to those at his left hand, You that are accursed, depart from me into the eternal fire. Prepare for the devil and his angels. For I was hungry and you gave me no food. I was thirsty, and you gave me nothing to drink. I was stranger, and you did not welcome me. Naked, and you did not give me clothing. Sick, and in prison, and you did not visit me. Then they also will answer, Lord, when was it that we saw you hungry, or thirsty, or stranger, or naked, sick, or in prison, and did not take care of you? Then he will answer them, Truly, truly I tell you, just as you did not do it to one of the least of these, you did not do it to me. And these will go away into eternal punishment, but the righteous into eternal life. This is the word of the Lord. Life that matters. That is my sermon topic. Does my existence matter to anyone? I think it's a very important question we have to ask ourselves all the time. Does my, is my existence matter to anyone? Are there questions that will shape my life? So these questions we have to ask ourselves uh, continuously. Uh, for example, what shall I eat or what shall I drink? What shall I wear? Those are not important questions. Those are not the questions that will shape my life. That's why Jesus said, don't even question uh, those things. Don't even ask the questions on those, uh, with those questions. But there are some crucial questions that shape my life. And one of those is, does my life matter to somebody out there? And I think that will shape who I will be. If our, exi- if our existence matters to others, we can say, We are living a good life. That's what good life is. Good life is not about good food and good enjoyment. Good life is if your life matters to somebody dearly, then you are living a good life. 
But if, you, if people don't care whether you exist or not, if my existence doesn't matter to anyone, then it is sad. Sometimes I go to a funeral and I see these grand, grandchildren coming out and then share about their grand, grandparents uh, in tears. You know, whenever I see that, I feel good. Uh, I mean, grandchildren, they probably did not spend much time with them, and they're not friends, but the grandchildren miss them so much and matter to them quite a lot when they cry so much, uh, thinking about uh, their grandparents. And some of them share the life lesson that they taught uh, them uh, throughout their lives and things like that. And so when I uh, look at uh, that uh, in, uh, in the funeral, I realized that they lived a good life. They lived a good life. They, their life mattered to uh, their grandchildren uh, dearly. You know, our, exi- our existence cannot be defined in itself. We cannot define uh, ourselves within just us. Our existence can be only defined in our relationship to others. I am who I am because of the relationship that I have with other people. That's why South Africans say, uh, uh, there's a South African saying, I am because you are. Because you exist, I exist. So uh, uh, my existence can only be defined in our relationship uh, to others, not in itself. As you look at today's passage, this is, that is what differentiated the sheep from the goat. And this is what Jesus said. For I was hungry and you gave me food. I was thirsty and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger and you welcomed me. I was naked and you gave me clothing. I was sick and you took care of me. I was in prison and you visited me. Their lives matter to those who are hungry, who are strangers, who are naked, who are sick, and who are in prison. Their life mattered to them. A few days ago on, on September 4th, Mother Teresa was canonized as a saint. Uh, her life mattered to many people, not only to poor people in Cal- Calcutta, but to many young people. She, her life uh, inspired many young people and uh, gave them new vision. It kind of made a ripple of new vision. And as she kind of set the standard, uh, life can be like this. Not everyone is selfish. Not everyone is uh, uh, hungry just for money and fame. There are some people who live selflessly. There are some people who sacrifice their lives for uh, other people. There are people like that. And she set the standard for them. And she gave them the vision to the young people that you can also live a good life like this. She is a saint in every sense of the word because she lived a good life and her life mattered to many people. You don't need to be rich. To live a good life. I don't believe so. I don't believe in materialism. In that way. You don't need to be. So successful to be happy. 
to live a so-called good life. You don't need to be so smart and powerful to have a fulfilling life. That's illusion. Don't, don't go after that. Young people, don't go after that. At the end of it, you'll be so disillusioned. That's not what makes good life. Good life, if your uh, life matters to somebody. What we need is just simple. Your desire to live a life that matters to people. That is good life. It's now September. We are entering into the fall. Fall is a season where we think about the abundance of life. Abundance of life is not about how productive or how great you are. It's not about you. Abundant life is not about you. Abundant life is about how enriching your life is to other people. How you enrich other people. That's what abundant life is all about. Abundant life is fruitful life. Fruit does not exist for itself. Fruit always exists for others to enjoy. So living a fruitful life is not just for yourself. You're living a uh, fruitful life is to live a life that enriches and uh, enriches other people and makes other people uh, healed and, and uh, happy and uh, things like that. You, when you live that life, that is good life. That's my definition of good life. And that is the definition of good life in the Bible. The good we do to others, is that humanism? Yes, that is humanism. Humanism is a good thing. Humanism is something that we have to strive for. Humanism is something that we always be mindful of. But to us as Christians, that is also our spirituality. It's not just humanism. It is our spirituality. Jesus said this. Truly, I tell you, just as you did it to one of the least of these who are members of my family, you did it to me. So, what we do to people who are in need is not only humanism, but spirituality. What you do, good that you do to other people, is something you do to Jesus. That's what Jesus is saying. Something that you do to God. To Jesus, humanism and spirituality are not separate. separate. They are very deeply interconnected in Jesus' mind. Being spiritual is being humanistic. Being humanistic is being spiritual. They go together. Our service for the people who are in need is our devotion to our Lord Jesus. Loving Jesus is not expressed through our emotional response to Jesus. Raising your hand and praise God and I love you Jesus. That's not how you express your love to Jesus. I mean that's one way but inferior way. Superior way is through having heart for those 
who are suffering around us. Yesterday, uh, Miang came out. Probably a few hours, she went around everywhere, put the garbage cans and then put all the labels and, the, and she shared with us. That is part of our spirituality. Taking care of the earth and taking care of other people who are suffering from the pollution of the earth. When we have heart for those around us, that is to have heart for God. That was a central teaching of Jesus Christ, wasn't it? Jesus said, love your God and love your neighbor. They are connected, Jesus said. Humanism and spirituality are connected with each other. Love your God uh, comes out in uh, Deuteronomy and love your neighbor comes out uh, away in the numbers or somewhere. So in a small, really, in the corner. And Jesus was the one, uh, who, uh, first one who put, brought those two together and then made the greatest commitment. Love your God and love your neighbor. He's the one who connected those two. A reporter uh, once asked Mother Teresa, why do you do what you do? You know, what you, what you do is like a throwing eggs against a rock. You won't change the problem of hunger in the world by doing what you do. And why do you do what you do? And Mother Teresa simply answered like this. You know, when I look at the eyes of the hungry children, I see little Jesus. That's why I do that. To Mother Teresa... Humanism and spirituality, spirituality were not separate. When she saw hungry children, she saw Jesus right there. When we see people who are suffering around us, we should be able to see Jesus. Little Jesus. We should see in each other little Jesus in each other's eyes. Well, why don't you look around and see people around you? Do you see Jesus or do you see devil? <laughs> don't look at your husband or wife. <laughs> when we look around, Jesus is not way up there. Jesus is right here amongst us. In anyone who's suffering, Jesus is right there because they need Jesus. Mother Teresa might not have had the gigantic uh, economic plan to relieve the hunger problem of the world, but there's one thing that she taught us, and that is a very important lesson. You know what she taught, uh, taught us? Have heart for those who are suffering. Have heart for those who are suffering. And I think that is the greatest lesson. That is where everything begins. Have heart 
for those who are suffering. If, your, if the country, neighboring country is suffering, have heart for those. If your neighbor is suffering, have heart for those. That's how everything begins. We are living in a heartless world. We don't care about anybody around us who suffer. We need to restore their heart. That is what healing is all about. We need to restore their heart for those who are suffering around us. You don't need to go to prison. You don't need to go out to the street. Just look around you. There are people who need your attention and have heart for those. That's what humanity, that's what spirituality is all about. Let us sing together. People need the Lord. they pass me by. Every day they pass me by. I can see it in their eyes. Empty people filled with care. Headed who knows where. On the
people's heart are hardened. We don't know how to care. We have the we have lost the ability to care for those who are around us even though that is basic humanity. We have become different creatures, oh Lord. I don't know what we made out of all that. That's not how we know you created us to be. But we have lost the ability to be human. Oh Spirit of God, change us. Change our heart. Restore that basic humanity within us. So that we may share with each other the goodness of life. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Let us all rise.